You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. If, if they're not called the Schooners, we will lead the riot. <laughs> Get the pitchforks. Yeah. Pitchforks and torches, and we're, mar- we're marching all the way. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, Travis Kerr and Brazilian tie for the two and out CFL podcast. CFL kickoff is finally here. Um, did you catch the TSN programming on Tuesday? Because it was awesome. I caught the season preview and nothing else. Oh, the other stuff was so great. The I fantasy know. preview, Chris nope. Schultz makes his triumphant return. Um, did I see? I saw him say that Kalaros would have, he would be the fantasy MVP. But uh, yeah. I had to I had to PVR the fantasy and the top fifty. I was able to watch the season preview though. All right, so we got to get through this so you can get to that PVR and be ready for the games later today, man. Let's get right to the news. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. Yes, that TSN top 50, the top three in order. Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell, and Andrew Harris. Pretty tough to argue, I would say, with that top three. But who do you think got snubbed, if you think anybody got snubbed? I think that this year, it might have been the toughest year to name a top 50 in the entire league. Of course, we don't get a ballot. Maybe someday we will, but I don't envy the people that had to make that decision. This is not an easy thing to do. No, there's so many good players now, uh, and especially with all of the exposure that the league gets and, you know, every oh, game yeah. is, every game is on TV, everybody can see what everybody does. Uh, it makes it even it makes it that much harder uh, than just looking at box scores. Uh, Bryant Mitchell figures that Zilstra got the snub. I don't know if you saw that tweet today or not, but I thought it was quite ridiculous. It's interesting. I I, I don't know exactly the criteria here, but he's not playing this year. Exactly. So why would he be in the top 50? Yeah. So if he was on the roster, you got to think he'd be top 10. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He he would be top five in receivers alone, if not top three. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but uh, like... I don't know, Nick, Nichols not making it, I don't have a problem with that. Although, you know, he is one of the nine starting quarterbacks, or was. Uh, so, you know, maybe he should be on there to some extent. Uh, Jennings had a, had a pretty crappy year, so that the whole BC team had a real crappy year, so it's really hard to pick somebody off of that roster. Um, other than that, I don't think there's anything else that really stands out to me. It's a tough... Uh, fall for Jennings too because I, I think he was number five at the beginning of last year or something and I, I'm not saying that all of these guys deserve to be in the top 50 but there are some big names that aren't there Bear Woods JC Sherrod I know Sherrod had the Achilles injury last year Ryan Bombin is there maybe one of the most underrated offensive linemen in the league Jeremiah Johnson guys a touchdown machine in BC Cleon Lang defensive lineman in Toronto Tyrell Sutton I don't know if you saw his quote they asked him what he thought about <laughs> not being in the top 50 
50. And he's basically like, I don't care. And I kind of get it. We've sucked over the last couple of years. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. classic. But his teammate, I think John Bowman should still be in the top 50. That guy can still play. And I, I'm, I think I'm done doubting him. And I'm done doubting some of the veterans in the league, like Ricky Ray. I, I'll i be honest, last year I did not see any of that coming. They didn't have a coach. They didn't have a GM basically to the very last minute. And Ricky Ray plays fourth quarter hero in the Grey Cup and the Eastern Final. So I'm done doubting these guys. And John Bowman is still bringing it in Montreal every single day. I think the only downside to Bowman is that he's in Montreal. Yeah, and maybe that's exactly what it and is. It's, and it's exactly the same thing with Tyrell Sutton. People people look yeah. at the record that they've had, and it's like, yeah, no, there's no way there's anybody on that team that's top 50. But if you look at individual statistics and, and what they're able to do during a game, like I, I find it weird that they're out, but I get I get the, the recency bias of it. Yeah, you know, Sutton, if he was on a good team, I feel like he would be tearing this league up. He already mm-hmm. is as it is, but if he was on a good team, he would be an absolute star. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. Now, also coming out in the last week, I think maybe it's been known, but Dave Naylor did a piece on calling this year the year of the quarterback. And seven of the nine quarterbacks are going to be free agents this off season. <laughs> it could be absolute oh, pandemonium this off season. I, I think, you know, 25, 30 years ago, star quarterback switching teams was almost pretty common in the CFL. And it really doesn't happen as much as it used to. And I think there's a couple reasons why uh, there are this many deals that are going to expire at the end of the year. Now, the CBA is up at the end of the season, and I think these star quarterbacks, they know they're going to be able to get a raise. <laughs> Probably. Oh, yes, if they wait for that CBA. And yeah. also, the bonus structure. Now that Commissioner Ambrosia has said, we don't want teams dishing out any bonuses, maybe the these star quarterbacks are going to play a big part in these CBA discussions, and they're going to be fighting for that because the players, they kind of want it. Uh, Bakari Grant and uh, Rob Begg, they got paid bonuses by Saskatchewan. So even though they're not playing right now, they got bonuses. And most of them come before free agency. So if there's a bonus due in January and they get released, then that gives them basically a month head start on free agency. So I think the players are okay with it, sometimes I know that they, they, of course, they would want guaranteed contracts, but uh, the bonuses thing, I, I think that the agents at least do want that part in their deals. But either way, seven of the nine quarterbacks with expiring contracts is absolute insanity. I don't think it's ever happened. I, I don't remember no. that many guys you know, being in talks. The only question is how many of these guys actually make it to the market? Or, Absolutely, and that's a right? big part. Or even even necessarily, quote-unquote, make it to market, but once the CBA is ratified, they're going to re-sign. It's like a back a backroom deal. So yeah, I don't they know might it, have some gentleman agreements or something. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be as crazy as we want it to be, but still that number is staggering. 
I know there's already people talking about, hey, could Mike Riley be heading back to the West Coast where he got his start, where Ed Hervey is and all this stuff. I, I know Eskimo fans are probably biting their fingernails a little bit on that one. So, some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, if, that ha- if that happens, I would be scared to go into the turf district. Yeah, it would be a pretty sad place for a little while, at least. Um, yesterday, the World Cup announcing, or I guess FIFA announcing, that the World Cup is going to be jointly hosted by Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. A couple interesting things here. It's going to be held in three CFL venues, and it's going to be played on real grass. So at least temporarily... There's going to be real grass in Commonwealth Stadium. This is not for another eight years, but there are so many interesting things here. How's the grass going to be handled, and how's the schedule going to be handled that year as well? You're going to have three teams, basically, that uh, might have extended road trips to start that season. It's eight years from now. Who knows if... (laughs) <laughs> this podcast will still be a thing, but <laughs> we might uh, have radio jobs a, by then. Yeah, we might, <laughs> but there's a lot of interesting things that comes with this world cup. I think, well, they took the grass out in 2010 and now they're going to have to put it back in, in Edmonton. Uh, Toronto already has the real grass, so that's not a big deal there. They already play soccer on it anyway. Uh, it'll it'll be resurfaced numerous times before then anyway, and then we'll just have to figure out what they do in Montreal if they're going to get games. So I, it's good for the country as a whole. Uh, you know, Canada's going to be in a World Cup. I think it's the first time since 1988. But you're looking at the schedule; it could be quite the headache for the schedule makers come uh, come game time. I got to give a shout out to the Ottawa Red Blacks and their marketing department. How good are they? So Janine's been on this podcast before. She used to be on the Bleed Red Blacks podcast. Now she's got uh, the new show, Mouchoir, which I learned all about at Grey Cup, which is absolutely h- hilarious. But anyway, they had basically a training camp for women to come out and try the game of football this week. And I think they had 360 women come out. I feel like there's basically eight teams in the league that can learn from events like this. Oh, absolutely. It's a whole, it's a fan base that nobody's ever, I, I don't know, understand how they never thought to tap into. Um, yeah. You know, it's only 50% of the world. Um, but now now it's easier. If women can get more interested in the, in the game of football and understand it more, they're going to be more likely to go out. And now it becomes a family outing instead of just dad and maybe one of the kids, and now it can be both parents and kids, and you're just gonna, you can get more people to the to the to the football stadium, and it's just it's a great thing to see. And you know what? I I have to think that the people getting interested in uh, bringing the CFL to the Maritimes have to be watching everything mm-hmm. Ottawa is doing because I think they're doing it right. And that's a great song. Is that April Wine? Doing it right on the wrong side of town? There we go. <laughs> a little CanCon. <laughs> so I, I think the Schooners, which I hope that's what they're called, they're probably going to have a very similar model to the Red Blacks. If, if they're not called the Schooners, we will lead the riot. <laughs> Get the pitchforks. <laughs> yeah. Pitchforks and torches, and we're, mar- we're marching all the way. We, we can make it there during Grey Cup. We got a we got an extended holiday. 
I think we could. Let's go through some trans- <laughs> transactions here. Um, the Alouettes sign a quarterback by the name of Jeff Matthews. Matthews with one T, by the way. He has been around the league for the last little while. I, I guess I have a bit of a hunch that he's not the answer. Oh, really? Just a hunch? <laughs> In 11 games, is 144 completions on 218 attempts, just over 1,700 yards, Seven touchdowns, nine picks. Oh, that's not that good. No, no, that's Kevin Glenn numbers. <laughs> Kevin Glenn in the fourth quarter numbers, let's be clear here. <laughs> hey oh. Um, or may- maybe playoff stats. Um. Oh. <laughs> do, they, do they keep broken arm stats? or? <laughs> I watched the road to the Grey Cup, the Toronto Argos, that the TSN did. And you know what? It was just awesome to watch. But that East Final, oh, that brought up some painful memories from last year. I had so much hope after that Christian Jones return. But oh, it was still fun to watch either way. Uh, the Alouettes also released defensive lineman Alan Michael Cash. They released Greg Henderson and Jamal Robinson, which some people are quite surprised by, a receiver. They were high on him in training camp. There was thoughts that he might be able to fight his way onto the roster with the injury to TJ Graham, but I guess Montreal didn't see it the same way. We go to Toronto, where they released Canadian running back Greg Morris, who was in Saskatchewan last year. I kind of wonder if he ends up back there to be Messam's backup for a little while here. I think it makes sense. Oh, absolutely. The Canadian depth in Saskatchewan is worrisome right now. Um, I don't think there's a question about that. Um, in the last two years, he's had 28 carries for 178 yards and a touchdown, so it hasn't been staggering numbers. But at some point, Messam is going to need a break, and then they're going to have to get really creative. This would just solve that. You have a guy to put in for a couple downs. Might not be the flashy the flashy pick, but um, it, it's going to help the team in the long run, I think. And speaking of... Uh, the Rough Riders, and Canadian depth. They end up getting Mitchell Pickton on the practice roster. University of Regina Ram, and he was released, but Zach Stacy, maybe he didn't want to be on the practice roster and had a bit of a change of heart by getting that $500 a week salary. So they <laughs> let him go, or he goes, and then Pickton takes his place on the practice roster. So... Uh, a local boy, or at least playing for the local school, gets to play with the big club, at least practice with them for a little bit. Man, I think it would be awesome to see him get onto that roster sometime. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, the, the city would love him. Yeah, it, they wouldn't even care what he did. It would he would be he would be the savior, and that's what worries me. <laughs> Can he play quarterback? Can he play <laughs> offensive line? <laughs> Man, could could he play DB? <laughs> hey, maybe. I don't well, know. If Duran can do it. <laughs> if Duran can do it, anybody can. <laughs> uh, the Tiger Cats signed John White, former Edmonton Eskimos running back, and it has been announced that Alex Green will miss the next couple of weeks with a hand injury. I know a lot of people are... You know, saying his name to be a sleeper for running back this year, but that injury kind of delays him getting into the lineup. Um, Practice reports say John White 
while he wasn't in camp, so he's not really in game shape. He was not practicing with the starters on Wednesday. It's quite possible that Mercer Timmis might get the start Saturday against Calgary. Canadian kid, obviously he would be very cheap on fantasy. we got to watch that. Maybe he doesn't get the start, but it was said that he is probably going to be Alex Green's backup to start the season, so definitely a situation to watch in Calgary, although the matchup of them is not ideal. Yeah, I would not even chance that (laughs) if you don't have to. If you're in a crunch, okay, I get it. But unless something happens between now and game time to Calgary's defense, it's kind of a long shot. So the Eskimos start the season without some key members of their defense. Arjun Colhoun and Johnny Adams are on the six-game injured list. I guess that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be out six games, but they are definitely key members of the secondary. Aaron Grimes is at home dealing with some personal matters. Receivers Jerron Kreiner and Bryant Mitchell are also hurt. And Forrest Hightower, another defensive back, was limited in practice this week. So it looks like he's listed as a backup on the depth chart for tonight's game against Winnipeg. It almost seems like a repeat of last year so far for the Eskimos. Oh, if they go over 350 man games lost, I... I don't know what will happen in Edmonton. Like, to have that happen two years in a row. Keep in mind, this is Canada, and their their, their medical bill was a million bucks mm-hmm. <laughs> last year. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you uh, happen to remember who's starting for Winnipeg tonight? Quarterback? Drevler. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> If I'm we'll, Edmonton, we'll I'm not the, overly worried. And maybe that's why they're like, ah, yeah, you guys yeah. can take it off a, a little bit here. I, but I think the Matt Nichols injury has a lot to do with these guys being able to stay home if they are dealing with some stuff and a little banged up. We're going to get to that game, but I actually think it's quite the winnable game for Winnipeg. As crazy as you <laughs> are going to think I am, I think it actually is winnable for the Blue Bombers. I, if I was I expect picking Winnipeg, nothing less from you. <laughs> if, if I was picking Winnipeg, I would keep that confidence quite low. But yeah, these guys not playing. Forrest Hightower, they said if it was a playoff game, he would be playing. There are basically three seasons in the CFL, they say, before Labor Day, after Labor Day, and playoffs. So uh, I assume that Hightower would be playing on Labor Day and playoffs, but... Uh, he's going to take the first game of the season off. We go down the QE2 to Calgary. It looks like Nick Arbuckle will be the uh, number two quarterback in Calgary. And they're still playing with the fact that maybe Bo Levi Mitchell will be doing short yardage situations. As for this week at practice, Lamar Durant and Eric Rogers were both practicing but I wouldn't expect them to play big roles this Saturday against the Tiger Cats. Rogers actually comes in pretty expensive already on TSN CFL Fantasy, but maybe he's on the 46 and he's one of the two scratches for game day. Maybe he comes in as a, a backup, but he's already getting into practice. and It won't be soon. Or it won't be long before he's up to speed, but uh, I would go there this week. No, it's it's tough for a guy to to just hop right back in, even though this no kidding. even though this playbook would be somewhat familiar to him. And last time he was in the league, he did lead the league in in yards and touchdowns. But 
for for the price rate that he's at right now, I would I would wait and see what he actually is, and maybe that price comes down depending on uh, the role he gets in this offense. Neither Shaq Johnson, Canadian receiver, or Gary Peters, defensive back, finished Wednesday's practice in BC. So the Lions might already be doing some lineup shuffling as they get ready for their opener against Montreal. Maybe they're also considering this one a third preseason game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wonder why that is. And you know what? The the Lions, they were... What only three and six at home last year, and it is so hard on those East teams to travel all the way to BC. I they they should really be a better home team that they are, and I hope that the attendance is good for Saturday. Like I think we've said it before, I think you get two tickets, two beers, and two hot dogs for sixty five bucks. You can't get much better than that. But I think if the fans start showing back up in Vancouver and make a real nice atmosphere there. It'll be even tougher for those East teams. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you're coming in with a three-hour time difference and a bunch of noise and, and you still got a little bit of jet lag and it's hard to get, get used to it, I mean, the Lions could easily jump out to a quick 14 nothing lead and then hopefully don't put in cruise control. But, you know, they have that cushion to, to make a mistake or two, but we haven't seen that. So... um yeah, if they can get people out though and make it make it an atmosphere in there, it changes the entire dynamic of the game. Yeah, because when that stadium is full, it is loud. I, I am mm-hmm. excited. I'll be there in August uh, for the Ryder game in BC, and I hope uh, a lot of Lions and Riders fans get up for that one, and we have some fun at BC Place. Let's go forward here and preview this week's games. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, tonight, 6.30, Thursday Night Football. It's the Bombers and the Eskimos to kick off the season. There are so many storylines here. And on Tuesday, Darius Bowman Mike Riley, J.C. Sherrod, and Chris Strebler were all on a national conference call, and I was able to lurk on there and hear what they <laughs> had to say. Yeah, I, I'm Lurk, serious. sit in the corner and smoke <laughs> your cigarette. <laughs> this is a Darius Pullman talking about starting this season with his new team against his old team. Uh, I feel amazing. You know, uh, luckily it's my former team, but if it was someone else, I think I was the same way, but... uh like I say, my time at Edmonton was amazing. You know, but my journey as a professional athlete, it, it has to continue. So uh, I'm in a new place with a new – same mindset, new place, new teammates, but a great environment over here. So, like I say, I'm approaching it the same as a pro. And uh, nothing but love for my brothers back at Edmonton, man. You know, but uh, the, the game has to be played on Thursday, so I'm going in for that. And let's get right to Mike Riley. Actually, Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast, if you're a Red Blacks fan, make sure you check that out. He was able to ask Mike Riley about going into this season without some prominent weapons from last year and Brandon Zilstra and the aforementioned Darius Bowman. So here's the ever so eloquently spoken and well-dressed Mike Riley talking about that. It's it's a challenge every year because your team is a new team. You know, uh, it's never going to be the same as it was the year before, but certainly with a guy like Adarius, who I've played a ton of football with and 
and we kind of came up in in the better parts of our careers to this point, building what we were trying to accomplish together, um, building that chemistry, building the timing, all that type of stuff that takes a long time to get to the level that we were at together. So, you know, to not have him on the team anymore is certainly a challenge. And then with a guy like Zilstra, um, you know, he was just so fluid and so good about figuring out how to get open um, and just with an understanding of what defenses are doing, that's always going to be a talent uh, that you hate to lose. But at the same time, I've said this, it seems like for the last three years, whenever somebody takes off or we have a change, it opens up an opportunity for our younger guys that have been waiting in the wings and guys that have been sitting there watching and learning from guys like Adarius Bowman and Brandon Zilstra, learning from two of the best in the league, um, you know, that makes them prepared and ready to go. And when they get to see guys like Darrell Walker come up as a young guy and have success and then Zilstra do it, they want to be the next guy that takes advantage of that opportunity. So um, we don't really have any new guys that I haven't thrown to before. They're just taking over as starters when they weren't in that role prior. So they're excited about that opportunity. I think we've had a great training camp to get on the same page um, you know, and that showed up with some pretty efficient uh, work in the preseason game. But it's always a year-long process. You know, you're trying to get better every single week. Um, you know, this just happens to be the first week that we get to go out and, and have it count for real. Did you see the hat that Mike Riley was wearing in Winnipeg? It's a little understated compared to what he wore at the CFL Awards, no? That is totally true. I totally <laughs> agree maybe, with maybe that. Maybe as the season goes on, it'll get it'll ramp up. <laughs> I would like to see this guy's closet. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, that, that sounds <laughs> That's weird. weird. <laughs> is, is that a thing any man has ever said? Well, I just all I just moved into a new place. I got a walk-in closet, and I was super excited. All right, I'm going to come check that out this weekend. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of hats. Nice. <laughs> They're just ball caps, though, aren't they? <laughs> Well, not all. There's some toques. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's try to talk about football here. The Eskimos, six and a half points favorites in six and a half point favorites in this one. I think that's probably pretty fair. But last year, the Bombers won their two games with the Eskimos. Yeah, and it bookended that six game losing streak that the Eskimos were able to kind of squeeze into the middle of their season. Uh, it was a, it, they literally had three seasons in Edmonton before the playoffs with their winning streak, losing streak, and another winning streak that they had. Uh, you know, Winni- <laughs> <That's wild. laughs> it was it was crazy. Uh, Winnipeg ended up outscoring them sixty-one to forty-five in those two games, um, and of course Andrew Harris run wild for both those games. It was it was a sight to see. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. C.J. Gable was not an Eskimo for either of those games, was he? No, he was not. And uh, that might be a big factor this year. Uh, he only played against Winnipeg one game last year, and he got eight points in it. Uh, in the last three years, he's averaged 7.4. Um, he's at 13.3 uh, points per game overall, but I think that I, you're going to see higher numbers uh, than what he put up in the last couple of years just because of his usage. Uh, but you're going to pay for it at, at 74.99. Yeah, it's pretty pricey, but even more pricey is Mike Riley, 14. $15,000, but I've been playing with some lineups on TSN CFL Fantasy. If you want to play Mike Riley and still have a decent lineup, 
this might be the week to do it. There are a lot of values to to be had in week one, which as these guys start racking up yards and touchdowns, that is probably going to change uh, as the weeks go on. You're still able to make yourself a pretty good lineup, but Riley, he pretty much gets it done against any defense, really. Oh, absolutely. In two games they played last year, even though they were both losses, he averaged 24.6 points a game. Um, against Winnipeg in the last three years, 22.9. And he's sitting at 22.8 points per game in the last three years, just overall against everybody. So he is the the highest av- points per game average, uh, the second highest this week for the the matchup. But, I mean, you, you pay for what you get, and you get the best fantasy quarterback in the game. Darrell Walker, he comes in actually not as expensive as you would think. He's less than $6,000. Yeah, it was kind of a surprise. Um, you know, in the last four games that he's played against Winnipeg, he's averaged twenty six point eight, uh, and he averages wow. eighteen. Yeah, and he averages eighteen point four points a game against the entire league. Uh, he only played the one game last year, and it was only six point three. I don't know if that is hampering that. Uh, he is the highest average points for uh, receivers in this week's matchup, and he's only the sixth most expensive. So it's somewhat of a bargain there. And you know what, the Bombers defense. Not really changing after last season, which a lot of people are surprised by. Uh, There were a lot that wanted Richie Hall gone because the Bombers had some late game collapses last Mm -hmm. season. And you know what? They're not going to have Mo Leggett in this one. He's not quite ready after tearing his Achilles last season. So... There's going to be some opportunities there still for the uh, Eskimo receivers. And you know what? Uh, looking over Winnipeg's depth chart, they're only starting one Canadian. <laughs> and and <laughs> on the who is that Canadian, though? Who is yeah. that Canadian, though? It's Taylor Loeffler, the, yeah. the Punisher. I think we like, can start calling I, him that. I would be scared to cut across the middle. Um Duke Williams in the two games he played last year, fourteen point one averages eleven point nineteen. He's only twenty eight hundred sixty eight dollars. Oh, it, it is an absolute crime what he's worth right now. It, it is ridiculous, especially with the injuries they have right now, or not maybe not the injuries, but the guys that like he has a chance. Like Bowman, Zilster aren't there. Walker Duke has got to be the number two option this week, I would think, through the air. He's gonna get looks. So I mean, if you, I don't know how you couldn't fit him onto your roster. It, it's such a bargain this week. It's ridiculous. But as for the Winnipeg defense, it's your Richie Hall defense. It's bend, don't break until you can only bend, and you can only bend so far. And if you look at the depth chart, it looks like Duke Williams is going to be playing Darius Bowman's old spot. He's playing mm-hmm. slot, and last year he played out wide, so <laughs> he could be seeing a ton of targets for twenty eight. $168, that is an absolute crime. I, I don't know how you don't have him on your roster. I, I found a way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I fit him in there too, and Mike Riley. We will get to that. Looking at defense prices for this game, I see the Eskimos listed at $3,349, and they've got a rookie quarterback they're going against. Yes, there are some injuries on that side of the ball, but... Whoa. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. (laughs) It it absolutely is. The the only problem is is that they are the second lowest score of the week for their matchup. That being said, 
it's not a starting quarterback. I mean, this is the first guy yeah. since Anthony Calvillo to go straight from college to a CFL start. So uh, there's pretty good value in that $3,349 if, if you can uh, put that onto your roster. Yeah, he did that in, what, 1994, Anthony Calvillo. And what did the stats say? He went like 12 for 28 or something like that, but he threw t- three touchdowns and won the game. Will history repeat itself? Maybe three picks. <laughs> you have no faith in Chris Strebler, do you? None. None. Zero. <laughs> I got I, I got more faith in Alex Ovechkin being sober enough to go to training camp. Oh, man. Yeah. He, he, here's my argument for Chris Strebler. He has the best offensive line in the CFL. And I mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any arguing that. I'm pretty sure he has the best offensive line well, in the Calgary CFL. Well, Calgary did allow the least amount of sacks last year. Okay. He, he, they also have Bo. <laughs> that is fair. He's, he's got some solid safety valves to dump off to. Nick Dembski uh, goes from Saskatchewan to Winnipeg, so he can dump it off to him. He can dump it off to uh, Andrew Harris, obviously. Now it's PPR, and Andrew Harris comes at a very, very fair price. Uh, again, it, it seems like... He's a must-pick guy, just over $6,000, but if you're looking for someone cheap, Dembski might be a good option as well because Strevler, who knows how many deep shots he's really going to take or how complicated of an offense he's going to run. And you know what? Lapo's offense is not really that complicated anyway. So keep it simple for the young quarterback. Get it to Harris. Get it into his hands. Let him make something happen. You have to think the Eskimos will be keying in on that, but get it into Harris's hands. Get it into Dembski's hands. Get some easy plays for the young quarterback. But yeah, Andrew Harris, if you're making a fantasy team, it's smart to start him. Uh, The two games they played last year, he averaged 29.5 points. Oh, you need that on your roster. Right. In the last two years against the Eskimos, 23.4. He averages just over 18. Uh, He's the fifth most expensive guy this week. Like, okay. Uh, Yeah, you you find a spot. Um, He's got another. There's three guys in this league with the possibility of going 1,000 and 1,000, and he's one of them. Um, If if you don't have him on your roster, you're going to be kicking yourself. Uh, after the game because you probably missed out on a crap load of points. And even if they asked key on him, which they did in both games last year, knowing coming in that he kills them, they still couldn't stop him. So hey, this guy has to be on your roster. Darvin Adams, Darius Bowman, Weston Dressler, some other receiving options there. I, I don't know if you want to take that risk. I do understand wanting to start Chris Strevler. And I know you think I'm absolutely off my rocker, but... I did it with Andrew Buckley last year. You did? It did not work. I've played with some lineups with him there. And basically, if you start him, you can start the most expensive player at every position in the rest of your lineup because he's only $2,500. So Mm -hmm. I think the chances are slim he's going to get you negative. Oh, I don't think he would, because all he's got to do is give the ball to Andrew Harris. 
Oh, that's happened to me last year getting negative points. So yeah, I think I think Buckley got me point one. Oh, so that hurts. And I, I think yeah, Andrew Harris. It, it would not be crazy to see him get ten or eleven catches in this game. Oh God, no, that might be low. Yeah, uh, just the offense is built around Andrew Harris. Let's be honest. Um, like he's gonna get he's gonna get a, a bunch of carries. He's gonna get. A lot of looks. Um, Strev, I don't know. Strev, I, I don't want to call it panic, but I think he's going to be. He's going to feel rushed because the game speed is way different now. Um, that he's he's going to take one look down the field. He's not going to see. He's going to go through his progression super quick, and Andrew's just going to be getting the ball. As like for the crazy. bomber defense on TSN CFL Fantasy, they're over fifty one hundred dollars. That can't even be a consideration in this one. No. They, in the two they do games, force the, turnovers. They have the last few years anyway. Yeah, they they forced the turnovers, but in the last two game and the two games last year, six point five. Uh, in the seven games in the last three years, five point one four, only eight point six five overall points per game for the Winnipeg D. So when you pick them, they, if they have a good night, then yeah, they'll get you twelve, thirteen points. But they could have a they could have a really bad night and get you four, and you're paying that for that. I, I wouldn't even think about it. One word, Bombers or Eskimos, who are you taking? Eskimos. I got the Eskimos in this one as well. Let's move on to Friday Night Football. I could see this game going absolutely either way, man. Um, the Riders and the Argos in Saskatchewan, the defending Grey Cup champs, are one-and-a-half-point favorites. The Riders won both games last year, but they didn't win when it counted. In Toronto, the Eastern Final, we already talked about that game, but the Riders are a lot different team this time around. The Argos, they're a lot more similar. And now they start the season with James Wilder, on the team, you remember that Brandon Whitaker was the starting running back to start last year, and Wilder didn't come in until much later. The Riders have a different starting running back. They have a different starting quarterback. They do have Carter and Roosevelt still, but the other receivers are different as well. Caleros comes at under $7,000, right around 6600 I, I feel like it might be a bit of a risk to take Caleros, but he could provide some real value if he can get things together. Oh, absolutely. In the six games he's played against him in the last three years, although be it those are injury-riddled years, uh, 21.2 points a game. That was with a different offense, a different receiving core, a different running back. But, I mean, he is the third least expensive quarterback and the third highest points for his matchup this week. So it is definitely something to look at. Um, you know, averages just over 17 uh, points per game against everybody. So it it's kind of a give and take. He, just, he can have really good games against Toronto, but at the same time, it's a brand new offense. I, I would, I would uh, tread lightly in this area for sure. And we haven't officially heard Chris Jones' name as starting quarterback, but he's not going to. And I'm pretty sure he's known since they made the deal for Caleros that he's going to be the starting guy. But there might be a little bit of risk there as well, because if he struggles in the first quarter, quarter and a half, Brandon Bridge might come in, and then your whole week for fantasy's bombed. Yeah, it's 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 quite the... I don't want to call it a controversy in Saskatchewan, but they have the option that at any time... Um, that Brandon Bridge can be plugged in. Uh, so Caleros is 
somewhat overvalued in that aspect where he might not get all the touches regardless of whether or not he gets hurt. So it, it, like I said, like, yeah, he's a third least expensive, but he does score. He does. He does score a lot of points against against Toronto, but it's still, I, I, I'm steering clear. Jerome Messam is forty three hundred and sixty eight dollars. He had some good games uh, okay. against Toronto last year. Um, he averaged sixteen points over two games, mm-hmm. but that's with the Stampeders, right? Yeah, that, that's that's a little different animal with that <laughs> with that, that Stampeders O line. Uh, the last two years, he's averaged seventeen point three against Toronto, only averaging fourteen point three two. So this is one of the teams that he performs against. Um, but I don't know what the Riders' offensive line is going to look like. Uh, Messam might have to do a lot of heavy lifting on his own. We'll have to see come game time. It'll be really interesting to see what they do with the running game, period. Uh, Thigpen is suspended for the first two games of mm-hmm. the season. So maybe these are the games where Messam gets a really heavy workload. Yeah, that could be it, too. He could get these two weeks, and then, you know, it might be a little thunder and lightning after that. And, you know, they still have they still have other options at the running back position because it seems like they brought 20 into camp. So, um once we once they get into a groove, I think I think it'll be a little different. Um, I mean, it's throw Messam. If 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 we had a ratio rule, then I mean it'd be a little easier to start him. I I don't know what forty three hundred bucks forty three sixty eight. It's a little different. He does average pretty decent points against Toronto, but that that actual average that is you know three whole points lower kind of scares me a little. Of course, they have Naaman Roosevelt and Deron Carter. I'm just assuming that Deron Carter is going to be playing all offense uh, now that they've let some veteran receivers go. He can get it done. Uh, Sometimes he can go off for 200 yards, but sometimes he can not do much. I I feel like Naaman Roosevelt has a bit of a higher floor week to week, and he's really consistent and... I don't know if he's underrated anymore because I, I think this might be the year where he finally explodes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I need, you're paying for it now <laughs> in a week one at almost 5,900 bucks. Uh, you know, 19.9 points average the two games last year, 2003 in the three games in the last two years, you know, he averages 17. Duran Carter way cheaper at 42.47, averaged 23.8 yeah. points against Toronto last year, including that ridiculous one-handed catch. Um, 19.8 points in four games in the last two years, but he only averages about 13.6. So, you know, he is about $1,600 cheaper, um, but it just seems that he shows up against Toronto, so that you could take that into consideration as well. What are you thinking on the rider defense? Uh, stay away. Stay, stay far, 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 far away. Like, stay, like, where you are and don't even go close. <laughs> so Ricky raised ten thousand six hundred and fourteen dollars. Yeah, it is pretty pricey. But I said earlier in the show, I am done doubting him. I have no problems if you want to start him against the Riders. Now, he averages twenty three point eight points a game in the last two years against the Riders. In the, wow. in the three games in the last two years, because he was injured for one of them, twenty one point six. So yeah, he gets it done against the Riders. He, he totally does. James Wilder Jr., he comes into this one, his first season, where he basically gets 18 games to go for it. If he wants 1,000 receiving and 1,000 rushing yards, it all starts this Friday in Saskatchewan. He's going to need a good game. Oh, 
He he averages thirteen point three points. Well, I guess he averaged because he only played two games against them overall. Um, you know, he averages seventeen point seven seven. Uh, you know, against everybody else. So, you know, I, I think now with a full training camp under his belt as the starter, getting first team reps, those numbers are going to go up. Uh, but at eighty two sixteen, you're going to have to be pretty creative to fit him into your uh, game plan. Yeah, absolutely. SJ comes in pretty expensive, $6,310. Armani Edwards is a value here, just under $4,100. Now that the Argos don't have Devere Posey, I think Armani Edwards might have a bigger year. And he was a quietly a 1,000-yard receiver a year ago. Yeah, and I think he does it again for sure. Uh, you know, he's going to be the number two option. We know that Ricky Ray can spread the ball out and he can throw it. He can make every throw. Um, and, and it's only going to benefit his receivers. In the two games last year, he only averaged 9.76, but there were so many options, like with, especially with Wilder there and then SJ. And like I said, Devere Posey, like it's hard to spread the ball out that much. Um, but Amarty Edwards averages 12.6 against the entire league. So there is, there is room for improvement against the Riders, and it's the Riders. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do give up a big game. Um <laughs> But SJ, SJ at 6,310, he averaged 23.85 points last year against the Riders. Is That's that a good not, return. That, is that not a little ridiculous? Yeah, it's just a bit. If you, if you find a way to get him and Deron Carter on your team, you'll be in okay shape. If, yeah, they, hit the, if they hit those points. We get a doubleheader Saturday night. We started at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern. The Stampeders, home to the Tiger Cats. Stamps are nine points favorites. Before we get to that, who you pick in Toronto or Saskatchewan? Oh, I really wanted to pick Toronto, but I got to take Saskatchewan just because of how much Toronto allows on the road. I could totally see this game going either way. Uh, I think I'm going to lock the Argos in. My oh. confidence isn't that high. I think it's got the... Potential will be the game of the week. Oh, yeah, I could see that because we know it's not going to be the early game Saturday night. <laughs> you, you know what? It could it might not be. be any, it might not be either game Saturday, let's be honest. It, it, it almost feels like we're writing off the Tiger Cats after the preseason, but late last season, they gave everybody a run for their money. Yeah, the Stampeders are heavily favored in this one. Yes, they did beat the Tiger Cats what is it 60 to 1 last year they mm-hmm. outscored them 88 to 26 in two games um yeah it's a bit intimidating when you take on the Calgary Stampeders in their home opener at McMahon Stadium it is not an easy place to win no and that's cuz it's a dump but <laughs> <laughs> no it, it it doesn't matter Calgary's been so good so good in the last three, five, four, five years. So I, I don't think it matters what team goes in there on opening night. It's, it's a tough pace, place to win. It's a tough place to play. Never mind win. Yeah, hopefully the Tiger Cats don't have PTSD from their last visit there. Oh. Because it was not good. Obviously, yeah, 60 to 1. But Bull Levi Mitchell, I remember I picked him. For that game last year, he didn't have to do anything. Was he not out in the second quarter? Basically, because they were scoring touchdowns in every single way possible. Special teams, defense, and everything like that. So, 
Yeah, Bo, he comes here at just over $8,000. I think he is going to be on a mission this year, and if he's doing the short yardage stuff, especially the goal line work, Bo might get to another level. Absolutely, and that that's only going to help with his fantasy points. It's going to bring the dollar amounts up. I don't think he'll ever reach Mike Riley unless something happens there. But in the two games he played last year, he only got 14.5 points, but they they were up by so much that they they're like, well, there's no point in getting him hurt. So it's really six of one, half a dozen of the other. He could have a really good game and get pulled. Or if Hamilton keeps it close, he's going to have to stay in. So if you have a close, if you're hoping for a close game and you think it can be a close game, you know, eighty one oh four, not that bad for Bo Levi. Uh, you know, sixteen point eight point average. So I mean, you pay for you're not quite where you want to be for points there, but I mean. If he could go off, and as long as Hamlet keeps it close, he'll stay in the game. There are three good receiver choices in Calgary and Kamar Jordan, Mark and Michelle, and Devaris Daniels. They are all under $5,000, and it's basically pick your poison a little bit here. Um, they spread the ball around so much that it could be any one of these receivers any week. Mark and Michelle was the West Division's Rookie of the Year nominee for last year, and it's going to be exciting to see that jump he makes from first year to second. He might have another big year. Oh, that it's going to be so it's going to be so fun to watch. Um, you know, two games last year, he averaged twenty one point four points. Now he only averaged ten point eight overall on the season. So I mean, the, the two games against Hamilton, he absolutely went off. He doubled what he normally would get uh, in his matchup. He's the fifth most points this week for who he's playing against. He's only the 17th most expensive uh, wide receiver. So that's definitely something to look at. That's pretty good return on your investment there. And like I said, they're all under 5,000. Um, and Tavares Daniels averaged 21.5 in the three games that he's played against Hamilton in the last two years. So that's also something to look at at only 49.04. Make sure you watch the Calgary Stampeders depth chart here. Terry Williams is under $3,600. For a starting running back in CFL Fantasy, I will take that just about every day of the week as long as they use him, and he ran good and hard last year. If he's getting all the carries, he's a guy you want on your team. As for the Stampeder defense, they're the most expensive, $5,254. This week, it might be worth it. Now, Mr. Mazzoli was good at protecting the ball last season. He hasn't been good at that in the preseason. There's been some crazy turnover numbers with the Tiger Cats, but if that trend continues and he's feeling the pressure with Johnny Football on his tail, then the Stampeder defense, they might be able to produce at that price even. Yeah, that is a distinct possibility. In the two games last year, they averaged 14.5 points. Like, is that any good? Wow. <laughs> That's big. So, yeah, they've averaged 10 points in the six games they've played in the last three years, and they're averaging just over nine uh, against the entire league. So this defense is good, but you got to pay for it. The formula says that Alex Green costs just under $6,200, which is pretty expensive. Of course, for he's an injured missing- running back. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be missing this game for the Tiger Cats. Um, if Mercer Timmis starts, he is $2,500. And we saw the Tiger Cats use their running backs more as June Jones took over the offense last year. 
maybe they do use him if you want to throw him in as a $2,500 player uh, and you, you can't fit anything else in there. I have no issues with that. But the story last year uh, after Labor Day was the connections that Brandon Banks and Jeremiah Mazzoli made as the season went on. Banks had 959 receiving yards after Labor Day. A lot of receivers would be happy to do that in 18 games. Yeah, that that was a ridiculous <laughs> running went on, including those five five year games of 100 yards, and you know yeah. he's still he's still returning. So I mean there is there is chances to get points everywhere, and he you're paid for it at 8,075 um, in the two games last year. He did average 17.15. So I mean. He was able to produce. He gets about 13 in the last two years against Calgary. So there is there is a chance there. Um, it all depends really on what the defense does to Jeremiah Masoli. Um, that's gonna, that's going to dictate that entire this entire this entire fantasy aspect for Hamilton. Terrence Tolliver is back. I, I don't know if I would rush into picking him yet. He's coming back from an injury. I would like to see how he performs before I get him into my lineup. Luke Tasker, I think in a PPR, he's one of those reliable guys. Uh, I think Mazzoli will look his way a lot. Not necessarily for the big play, although Tasker can certainly deliver that. He's your reliable guy, I think, on a second down. The Tiger Cat defense, I probably just would not pick this time around who are I would, you picking I would stay away? further away from them than I would the, Sas- the Saskatchewan defense <laughs> who are you picking to win this one uh, it's, it's Calgary for sure they, you know they, in the last three years they average 31.7 points at home and Hamilton allows 27.9 so it, it's an easy pick some people are actually picking the Tiger Cats to get to the Grey Cup, and if they're going to want to get to the Grey Cup, they got to win games like this, but I am picking the Stampeders. The last game of the week is the Montreal Alouettes in BC, where the Lions are six-and-a-half-point favorites. They beat the Owls twice last season. They outscored them by 30 points in their two games. The Lions have a lot to prove. Maybe not the entire team, but Jonathan Jennings certainly does. He's $9,095. If this is a week to pick him, uh, or if you do want him in your lineup, maybe this is the week. Yeah, because if if he's able to to do what we think he can do against Montreal, that that number's got to go up. Um, the, the kid is the kid is good. Uh, averaged nineteen point six in the two games last year. Only averaged fifteen point one in the last three years. Fifteen point four overall. Those numbers are down because of the year he had last year. So it, I don't yeah. know if that's an outlier. We'll we'll find out early on this season whether or not we're going to get uh, 2016 Jonathan Jennings or we're going to get 2017 and then the prices will adjust accordingly and it's really going to impact how how you choose your lineups because there's going to be weeks where you know Mike Riley is going to be out well now you got to look for a cheaper option who's going to score you points and if Jennings is not that guy now you go to the next guy down the list and how many how many guys you willing to trust depending on matchups because you know you want to stay away from those from those vaunted defenses against guys that have trouble. So uh, Jennings needs to have a rebound year, and I hope he does because I picked BC to finish third. So there's that. <laughs> Jeremy Johnson is a touchdown machine. He's just under $6,500. He's the fourth most expensive running back. He's the first in points against his respective team from last year. If he continues scoring touchdowns, then, yeah, he, he's a good option, I think. Oh, absolutely. He averaged almost 25 points in the two games last year. In the, in the last two years, he's averaged just over 26 against everybody else, 
Um, now, with with the running back carousel that they seem to maybe have in BC, I have no idea how the carries are going to go. So this could be uh, a wearisome pick, in my opinion, uh, just because his his touchdowns might get vultured. They might they might be like the Denver Broncos were a couple of years ago with three running backs playing rock paper scissors on the sideline and decide he was going in. Uh, I I don't know what's going to happen with the carries in BC. Chris Rainey's expensive. He's over $6,600, but he gets it done. He plays special teams. And if that special teams unit um, can not get flags, <laughs> that might that, that might even make Rainey have a bigger year. Now, Manny Arsenault is uh, $5,118. And I, I got a hunch that over the past few years that Manny Arsenault is – a bit of a slow starter, and he's more of a second-half receiver. So I, I, I crunched the numbers here, and uh, this is over the last three years. So the first nine games, he's got 1,624 yards in those three years. That's 60 yards a game and 10 touchdowns. The last nine games of the season, 2,230 yards. That's over 85 yards a game and 18 touchdowns. So Manny turns the turns the Jets on as the season goes on, it seems. Uh, yeah, uh, that th- those are actually amazing. You actually did research for this. This is amazing. Oh, I that did, man. <laughs> stats-based research. That's usually my domain. Um, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if he figures out ways to beat coverages maybe. Uh, a little, because like, it it I know that he's he's a longtime veteran, but still you're coming back. It's hard to get back in the groove once you get back in that groove and remember all the little tricks and all that stuff. I I think that might have something to do with it. Um, also schedule could have a big impact as well. This year is going to be way different come the second half with the way they've set up the schedule now. So I don't know <laughs> that slow start if if it doesn't turn around quick, it might carry on in the second half. Uh, you know, yeah, the last two years against Montreal, he's averaged 17.8 points, uh, 16.5 overall. It, it's not a terrible pick at 51.18. Yeah, and Brian Burnham's a little bit more, about $600 worth. I've got him in my lineup. Now, the BC offense or defense is the cheapest in the league at $3,200. I like that one. Not only are they the cheapest, they have the most points against their respective matchup in the last three years. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's not, like last year in the two games, they averaged 10 points. The six games over the last three years, they've averaged 11.8 against Montreal. That, that's almost double their their total average of 6.1. Get this team, get this defense in your lineup. So Solly and the boys might have a, a good game against the Owls on Saturday night. Do you have anybody that you're looking at from the Alouettes? Uh, Tyrell Sutton, maybe. Um, you know, Yeah, he, and, and now that the Lions have an entirely new defensive line with Odell Willis there. and That's it, what I'm worried about. <laughs> And that new defensive line, Davon Coleman, a new D tackle, I, I guess is just nasty. That lets Solomon Elamimian do his thing even more. So it might be tough for the Owls to get anything going in this one at all, really. Oh, yeah, and look at their quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you I'm the biggest Drew Willie and Chris Strebler fan in Canada. Mark Drew Willie's average in the last three years for points per game. Or is seven point nine? Oh no! 
<laughs> yeah. So hey, it's forty four hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, that's way too expensive. <laughs> okay, do we even need to say it? You picking BC in this one? Yeah, but let me let me throw this at you. Montreal averages sixteen points on the road. They allow thirty six point six in the oh, last three by years. Twenty. Yeah. So take BC to cover, good. kids. <laughs> I'm taking the Lions in this one. They are uh, six and a half points favorites. Uh, it's probably possible that they cover that. Let's quickly go through our fantasy lineup. Subscribe to Two It Out on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are found. Follow along on Twitter at Two It Out CFL. Okay, Brazilian tie. What do you got? What are you rolling with this week? Just quickly go through them. I'm going Ricky Ray, Andrew Harris, Tyrell Sutton, unfortunately. Darrell Walker, Terrence Tolliver taking a flyer there. Duke Williams, super cheap, and the Lions defense. I've still got 165 bucks to spare. All right, here's my lineup. Mike Riley, Andrew Harris, Terry Williams of the Stampeders, Duke Williams, Brian Burnham, Armani Edwards, and the BC Lions defense, $136 to spare for me. I'm cutting her close to the cap. Brazilian tie CFL kickoff is here. Oh, hello, sweet couch. I can't wait to sit down and watch some football. But we got a bachelor party to tend to this weekend. What kind of shape mm-hmm. are you going to be in by Sunday? I have to go back to work Sunday. Oh, no, really? Early early evening. I have to drive to Redwater. So I'll probably be in pretty rough shape. (laughs) That is going to be some good fun. But I'm looking forward to seeing you, man. Hopefully we can get a show in. I I highly doubt we can, but we'll really try. Yeah, okay. Either way. Two and out, we'll be back Monday morning. I, I do need to say thank you um, to, we, got, we actually got a new review on iTunes, RMB316, says Travis and Ty actually do a very good podcast covering all the CFL teams, fantasy football, bad officiating calls, and everything in the CFL. I'm just looking forward to having uh, Andre Pru back on the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number and, three. Oh, he's the best. He's oh, the absolute best. And you know what? I noticed uh, some people giving us shout-outs on Twitter. They, we, we seem to pair well with barbecuing. Greg, Craig Stein was barbecuing some steaks, drinking some 016, listening to 2 and Out. Eric was grilling some chicken, listening to 2 and Out. And uh, James is worried about the riders after listening to our latest episode of 2 and Out. Believe me, buddy, we want to be wrong. <laughs> We really want to be wrong, but the riders have us worried as well. So enjoy CFL kickoff. We'll be back Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.